are here. Episode number 48. Absolutely crazy, Brad, that we are so close to the big 5 mm-hmm. I'm I'm super excited. I think we have something special planned for that. Well, special to us. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe special. Hopefully special to the viewers. But yeah, episode 50 is creeping up. I've got a forward hat on today. Things are getting shaken up. Come on. Yeah. I Especially longtime listeners. I think that's one of the beauties of... I don't know how you do with podcasts, Brad, and maybe we've talked about this on another episode, but if you ever, you go back and you discover like a new podcast or something like that, and you're like, oh man, look at all the episodes they have. Are you a start at the most current and work your way backwards, or do you start at the front and work your way to current? So I typically like I'll cherry pick the first couple on like things I'm really interested in. Okay, and it's almost like I eat away at the like ones I'm really interested in, and then I want to go in the backlog and like, okay, well I don't really care about this topic, but let's just see what they had to say because I'm already invested. That's kind of how I do it. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. I remember coming across other even disc golf podcasts. I mean, like I I, I'm a completionist to a degree so i'm like okay i want to go back and listen to all of them so i'll always start and then it's fun for me because then as you get closer and closer to the like more relevant stuff you can find like oh when i got into disc golf this is what episode like they were on because by these relevant events or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um is always super fun so i think for those of you who are longtime listeners of in the bag what we have planned for episode 50 is going to be super special uh getting to see that happen again so yeah oh and also just on the subject um we have quite a few new listeners if you made your way over from maybe you discovered the tour life podcast and you're like hey this sounds interesting welcome if you're a foundation fan and have just like hey i want to listen to this welcome if you're a random person on the internet that has has discovered us also welcome welcome Welcome, new and old listeners so i just want to say shout out to the ogs and shout out to the new people Absolutely. We are we are just here trying to help people make informed decisions so that when you show up, you have more competency and a better chance to score while you're out there on the course yep. by looking at people's bags and seeing, huh, why is that in there? Yep, exactly. And hey, we couldn't do anything that we do without our lovely, lovely supporting presenting sponsor, Flippy Disc Golf. Shout out to Flippy, Aaron, his whole team. Love you guys. Thanks for our in the bag merch. You can see if you're watching uh, video. Robbie has his uh, in the bag hoodie on. It's great. Has our logo on the front. Also on the back has a little schematic of everything you need to make a great ba- bag. Range finders, disc retrievers, mids, putters, you name it. It's It makes the bag. So uh, shout out to Flippy. Anybody that would like to wear merch just like Robbie's wearing or there's some other designs on there. There's casual wear as well. Soon to be some more Absolutely. like um, sport wear. But you can check that out. FlippyDiscGolf.com in the creator hub. Links in the description for that. And Robbie, they get a little percentage off if they use the link in the description with the discount code. Absolutely. So make sure you grab some Flippy merch, supports what we're doing here, supports what they're doing there, uh, and makes all of this just even more possible. So uh, I love the mention of the schematic. Brad, I'm turning you into a transition fiend yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so today's episode is rather special because we put out a challenge a couple episodes ago talking about hey how many molds how many discs do you actually need in your bag uh if we went complete minimalist version and our guest today patrick said we we put out the challenge with that we said would someone be willing to test this out for us Mm -hmm. and let us know hey it actually worked or it didn't work Uh, because once again we're always trying to refine and learn here at the same time and so patrick today's guest was like i would be down the problem is i don't know which disc to take out of my bag so why don't we go ahead and bring Patrick in and start shaving down some back? All right, let's do it. Welcome to the podcast, Patrick. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, looking forward to it. Yep. And if, if for those of you who cannot see the video, the beard game is strong in this episode. It is strong. So if you're a fan of a good beard, well, you got to check out Patrick's. Yeah, gonna have to gonna have to tune into the YouTube video Foundation Podcast on the YouTube channel. So. Uh, Patrick, we want to get to know not only your beard, but we want to get to know <laughs> you as a disc golfer. And so we have a couple of questions that we usually ask our guests to get to know their game. So the first being, how long have you been playing? I am a COVID golfer. Um, along with my beard, my game came along during COVID. Um, so I started right when COVID happened. Um, some buddies wanted to 
leave the beach for volleyball season. So they said in the winter they play disc golf. And so I was like, I'm in. I want to go do something. And then realize that I live in Michigan and will be playing in three feet of snow. Um, that being said, I've loved it ever since. So kind of dove headfirst into it and been playing since. Awesome. That is, and I just have so much respect for the Northern golfers because for sure you guys have to want it way more than we do down here. Uh, so mad respect, uh, to all of you frozen folk up there. Uh, Patrick, if we're talking about your distances and that way players can kind of connect with, okay, this is why he throws this disc, that, and that, um, how far, if you step up to an open area, you're like, okay, the basket is blank distance away. I feel like I can comfortably reach it with the backhand. And then how far is that distance? And then the same question, but for forehand. Um, so at the end of last year, so I'm going off summer numbers because we lose distance in the winter. Um, I was hitting about 350 comfortably backhand. Um, okay. not, not super accurate or consistent, but I was hitting it. So I would be left or right. 40, 50 feet of the basket, but I was con- consistently hitting that distance. Um, okay. Four hands, about 310, um, if I get a good flip up. Um, that's so. That's awesome. I started uh, as a forehand player, so mm-hmm. a lot of my distance okay. was there, and then it started to hurt, so I switched to backhand, and it's just a lot easier distance. Absolutely. That's, that's so funny that you say that, because I feel like, yeah, like there are so many people that end up with even our guest we had last week uh, with tremendous forehand distance versus the backhand distance. And they're like some, some players, I know lots of players start with that, like lean into the forehand. Uh, but it's always funny to me, which ones stick with it and then how long it takes their backhand hand to develop. So in three years, that's, that's really impressive uh, to have those numbers lined up. So, and also, just to point out, if for any of you who are looking at the my disc chart or my disc back chart here, um, I was really confused, and I realized you're lefty, correct? No, no, righty. Right. Do I have it backwards on there? Ah, it it is flipped. It's flipped okay. as a lefty, and that's fine. So yeah, we, either uh, way it works. Yeah. I was well, just like, we oh, understand the chart. Yeah. Okay, not a lefty, but it look it appeared that way. So I think I think I built. When I signed up for the disc uh, golf bag, probably I had it as a forehand player. So that'd be why it shows that direction. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Well, good to know. Absolutely. Good catch, Brad. Uh, So, okay. So what we're going to do today, we kind of preface this with uh, the opener of the episode with Patrick. We have a unique one today because there are lots of good discs that you have in your bag. So we kind of have to decide to pare it down to this smaller bag. But if you're throwing about 350 right now, um, that may end up where we have to shift some of the bag that we talked about for the dream bag on being right. more minimally like putters. If you're more of a distance guy and you your holes ask for more distant shots, we may have to drop a putter or a mid to make room up top for, let's say, sure. an extra driver or something of the sort. And I, I was thinking about it a little bit personally with, so the reason I want to minimize my bag, one is I want to stop second guessing what disc I want to throw. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I travel for work. So I want a bag that can fit in my carry on. Mm, um, so I think being a forehand and backhand player, it allows some versatility in the discs. So if I have mm-hmm. an overstable, I can forehand that or I can backhand it and it goes left or right if I need it to. Um, totally so fair. that helps to having that. Okay. Well, let's... So I don't want to cut anything from it, but I want to start high. And you let me know if you think this is okay, Brad. I want to start high and I want to hear the differences that you use all those shots for. Mm-hmm. And then come down to the slow speeds because I think shot selection on the slow speeds, especially if we're talking about if you can forehand and just, if you can forehand something and backhand something, that's a little easier to see those distance and distance manipulation with that faster speed disc, because there's just literally more room out there. Um, mm-hmm. Such as like an example that's coming to mind. Let's say uh, you have a short hole that moves left to right. We're talking short hole being like two twenty five. 
Sure. It gets a little difficult depending on how aggressive or how slow even the turn is to just make a forehand work on that hole. Sometimes the backhand turnover is going to be the play. Um, so the shorter distances are a lot more common, which usually requires more options. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you that could be completely off base. So I want to hear, especially because you've got mold minimalization rampant in your top side of the bag. So you've got five distance drivers, an octane, yep. a photon, and three waves. And just for our audio listeners as well, if you can't see the chart, what we're working with is essentially he has 20 discs right now. So we're, our budget is 10 discs. So that's what we're going to work. Our goal this whole time is how do we turn these 20 here down to 10? Sorry, I just wanted to preface for those who can't see. Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah, preface. yeah, yeah. Um, so my Octane, um, it's a Fission. It's 165. Um, it's my headwind disc. Um, okay. if, I'm, if I'm feeling some wind coming at me, um, that tends to be what I go for just so that I can really rip into it still and not worry about it turning and burning. Um, being that it's fission, it's starting to beat up a bit. So it does want to flip a little bit more. Um, the photon is just that overstable one that I can just rip on Annie and I know it's coming back. Um, so w- when, what would make you choose the oct- the octane over the photon or the photon over the octane? It, let's say headwind situation. Why would you choose the octane versus the photon? Um, the photon has more left or right mo- uh, like movement in the air for me. Um, the octane's just kind of if it's a headwind, it's just straight. So um, it doesn't really fade out for me as much because of that fission, but it really just is a straight shot in that headwind. And do you um, fo- forehand either one of those or both of them? Um, I forehand the photon. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Uh, then talk me through the waves. You got three waves in the back. Yeah. Let me grab them real quick. So I have two fission right now, um, as you can see. Yep. Uh, and then one is a new neutron. So I've been slowly working them through the bag. They're in different states of wear. Mm-hmm. Um the light blue one is my very flippy. Um, can't forehand it because it'll just burn over. Um, but it is pretty good to backhand with a tailwind, um, things like that. Um, the light, the teal one is starting to get there where it's a little bit flippier. And then the red one's brand new. So that okay. one still doesn't have much turn for me, um, but it's consistent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I I definitely have some thoughts on the budget there, but I want to hold Same. them. I kind of want to hold like all cuts unless it's super obvious until we get to we've seen the whole stock, right? Sure, and I, sure. am I doing good business analysis, Brad? Like when you walk up, yeah. you're not yeah. when you were doing your old life, you weren't walking in being like, "Oh, what's your name? Oh, no. I'm Bob. How long have you been here, Bob? Twenty five years. You're old. Get out." Uh, yeah. Like, you got to see the whole picture. I, I would say let's just hold, even if it's obvious, let's hold all cuts to the end, get okay. the whole picture of the bag, and then we'll start budgeting after that. I love it. Okay, so we move into fairway drivers then. Yep. And fairways, you've got seven fairways, but only four molds across your fairways, which is also incredible. So um, let's start with the nines and take me yeah. through. You got two Insanities and a Tesla. What yep. are those two? Uh, Insanity is one of those discs that I just love to have. It's a course-specific disc for me. Um, We have probably seven courses in the area, and probably two of them for each of the two Insanities are needed just for that day. Um, It's just one of those, I know this is the hole for that shot and stuff like that. Um, Insanity was the first disc I was given. That's how I got into MVP. Um, Buddy gave me the disc when I was just starting out. I found out they were a Michigan company, so I dove head first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Tesla is that flat to overstable um, shot, um, forehand and backhand. The Insanity is my forehand turnover shot. It's the one I trust if I'm forehanding to turn over and just glide to the left. Both um, Insanities or just the yellow one? The orange one, actually. Really? Okay. Um, the yellow one's too flippy for that. Um, got it. I do have some off axis torque in my forehand 
So I need okay. a little more stability, but it still turns over for me. Good. That's good to know. Okay. How about the Tesla? Um, the Tesla is, um, it's kind of my hyzer flip distance that I really lean on for those tight wooded shots. Um, being that it's fission, it, it flips up for me, but it just gl glides flat and then has that consistent fade out. Okay. Um, and not to jump down into the other fairways, Robbie, unless you have a question, but just kind Fire of a follow-up. Um, so what I see you have, like, obviously multiple servos as well. I'm assuming in different stages of wear and, and or plastic. Um, but I'm noticing a servo that is identical slot for you, just a couple speeds slower. So when are you picking up that Tesla versus your red servo that has basically the same characteristics? I'll be honest, that red servo hasn't been thrown in a while. Um, okay. The, the, the two blue ones, one is puddle flat and it's just stable. Um, and I was debating about taking that out to try a resistor. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I've just kept it in my bag until I find that resistor that I like in my hand. Um, the more neutral servo is um, one that I can put on any line and it just holds it. A mm -hmm. um, little bit of Annie and it'll or drift right. Uh, the purple one is the okay. one I can put on any lines right in right under that zero line. Gotcha. Um, for that. <laughs> so really, the the red so, servo. Yeah, that Tesla, magenta purple servo yeah. is not one that I throw very often. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so already we're seeing like a little bit of kind of overlap. We can probably weed out pretty easily. We'll save that till the end, and then just kind of follow up question. We're looking at the magenta maroon servo the tesla and the way the red wave they're all kind of in that same category obviously there's a big jump between the servo and the wave but tesla and the new wave like when are you choosing the red wave over the tesla if i just need that right up to like 320 distance versus that 300 like if i want to eke out just that little bit more of distance um i'll i'll grab the red wave um I like to feel the wave in my hand a little bit better than the Tesla. So I feel okay. like I can rip on it a little bit better. Okay. Okay. I think, yeah, again, we'll save it till the end, Robbie, but I think there's some, I have some further like follow-up thoughts on that later in the podcast. But um, if we stop there for a second, just to get maybe a little theory, Robbie on, you know, I think I know I do this. I'm maybe a lot of people do this, but you do have some over overlapping disc and maybe they're not too far in speed from one another. But it's maybe usually, I don't know if it's a comfort thing or a hand feel. When do you find that that's okay and not okay, Robbie? Yeah, I, I think that exact, I like what Patrick said about when I need to eke a little more distance. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're something that when we go to the mold minimalized bag is you're going to have to ask more out of your discs. Mm -hmm. Because if it's just a 20 foot difference being like, that's really all I'm looking for. There's going to be a moment where with just less discs in the bag, we're going to have to be like, okay, I either need to learn to lay off of this one or throw this one. Um, I think that if they have similar flights and you're just seeing a little more, we've all seen the variance in our own game of if I hit this a little harder than I'm used to, or I hit it even a, not even harder, but better than I'm used to. Uh, I know a lot of listeners are going to be able to relate to that. Like, oh, I just really got a hold of that one. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you're like, oh, junk. I just outdrove that hole that I've always thrown this disc on. Like, okay, cool. I guess I'm getting better. Uh, I'm doing that thing. Uh, so I think that it's, if you have multiple disc options in your bag, I think it's okay to have those extra discs in there. So that way you're not overstretching yourself. I would say especially when you get to those faster discs, because often let's say that you're at a hole that's uh, like Patrick is saying 350. He's landing within like a 40 foot radius of the basket. But at 320, he feels like he can be a little more accurate uh, in that range, let's say with the wave. So if the wave wasn't there and we just had the Tesla or even if you have both, you're looking at it. Let's say, okay, I know I can throw the Tesla to this spot, but I'm going to leave myself on a 320 foot hole. Unless I get a hold of it, I'm leaving myself a 20 foot putt guaranteed. 
you kind of got to ask yourself over time, am I more okay with that? Or am I okay with adding the variance that brings in the longer speed disc? So whenever we just simply add raw distance by changing discs, the reason we add distance is because that disc needs more room to work like is usually the case. So the faster speed disc wants to do its thing, but it's going to ask for more fairway to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why, especially when you step up to woods golf, you see pros throw a lot less distance shots because they'd rather have 40 less feet, but on a rope. Mm -hmm. Right. That's where the trade comes in. Does that make sense? Yeah. And some of it's just obviously the convenience of having a bag where you can stick multiple of very similar shots. And like you're saying, you're not having to choose. Um, but I think, you know, kind of what Patrick is saying here too, is you have all the, you have the options, but you're leaving a disc out anyway. You're, you know, you find yourself kind of naturally maybe doing that depending on the courses you're playing. So just, just curious, just from a coaching teaching perspective, as I'm, you know, Patrick's working through his, everyone's listening is working through theirs. You know, what is like kind of the theory behind that? So, um, so that we're talking about the servos a little bit there, Patrick, we kind of, jump down let's uh, talk about you kind of talked about all your servos and then what's the rhythm doing for you and i have a separate forehand question for you about the rhythm as well sure um so the rhythm is that one that i can hyzer flip and it'll just keep going right um Mm -hmm. on my backhand um and it it does it fades out at the end a little bit but it's that kind of full flex shot from a hyzer flip that is really nice to look just kind of watch go down the it's for a late turn but not harsh um it gets up to flat pretty quick and then it tries to go right even more just a little bit which is really nice and i it's new to the bag but i've been really liking the flight of it Mm -hmm. yeah that's one i've been trying out for my bag as well like kind of a compliment to a jackalope for me that's just maybe like a tick more Mm. stable and uh, I had the same flight, Patrick, to be honest with you. It was like a very, uh, I'm, I've changed from an Anhe- slight Anheuser release to a baby Heiser. I've grown everybody. Wow, I, I'm come here. on. Um, but it's amazing when Robbie sh- fixes your grip, how much better you throw. So thanks, Robbie, for that one. Um, but yeah, I threw the rhythm and it would flip up and then it would just go pretty straight and then start turning at the very end. And I, I love that flight. So I can relate. Something I do, Patrick, and you said with your forehand, you're more of like an Anheuser release, like a little. Yep. Uh, okay. So this probably won't work for you. I'm a, I'm a Heiser release forehand. So I love throwing like a rhythm or like a lift is my favorite disc to throw on forehand because it'll flip up, but it'll actually handle the torque enough that will it'll turn a little bit and come back. So I don't know if you've ever, I mean, the rhythm, if you're more of an Anheuser release forehand, probably won't work like that for you. But have you ever powered down and thrown a little easier on like a servo, like maybe your red servo versus like something very overstable? Um, I have to, I, when I forehand the mid ranges, um, I, I tend to actually jump from the nine speed all the way down to the five for oh, the okay. forehands. Um, kind of, it's, it's. I jump over the servos quite a bit. Um, it's that, okay, this is where that shot is needed. Um, I jump, I do tend to jump from the five to nine pretty. It's the Tesla, the rhythm, and then my fives that I lean on the most because I play so many wooded courses. Right. Um, okay. That makes sense. The, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the rhythm is that off the tee, um, the servos are get out of jail or, sometimes off the tee but if i'm in jail or in the fairway i'm usually either on the fives or my mm-hmm. tesla or insanity so is it like a hand feel thing for you is it just not as comfortable in your hand i think it's a trust like okay. i trust those five speeds aren't going to um be as inconsistent for me mm-hmm. um, i feel like there. the sevens mm-hmm. tend to be a little bit inconsistent for me the nines if i don't get all a hold of it it's going to fade out for me. So I know at least it'll go back left where those sevens is right in that. If I throw it bad, it's going to be really bad. Okay. I think that makes Being sense. that I'm still new, I'm, I'm, I feel that I still have that inc- a lot of inconsistencies in my throw and I see it the most in those sevens. Same here, That's my friend. Same totally here. fair. Totally fair. The, because I, I would say that at seven, 
the reason for that being you're more often than not going to hit the seven speed spin needed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you can get very comfortable with like, oh, yeah, I did it. I did it. I did it. And it's probably one in four shots, one in five shots that that doesn't happen, that you are inconsistent in that way. Whereas I'd bet with the nines, we add just that little bit of speed and it's like, okay, now it's every third shot. Uh, right. It's just going to fade out. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, let's talk reactors. Yep. You got two reactors, a matrix and a pyro. Yep. Um, so I'll start from overstable. Um, the pyro is my approach. Um, forehand flick is my approach. So, um, big ante on it, let it fade out or try and get it to pan out whatever I need. Um, that's the one, if I'm within 180 feet, I'm probably throwing, mm-hmm. um, the two reactors, one's eclipse, one is, um, fission. Uh, the eclipse is a little bit stable. It, it, it goes flat and then fades out. The pyro is turning left for me backhand the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fission one is that's that flat little bit of hyzer flip, or it'll, it'll turn over a little bit for me. Um, okay. And then the matrix is the one I can get left to right motion and come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can throw it on any, um, I had a heartbreaking chain out ACE uh, this last weekend mm-hmm. with that matrix. So it's a little uh, painful to talk about, but it's one of those ones that, I can trust on any angle and it'll, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll really do well for me. Um, that one's probably been in my bag the longest out of any of the discs. Okay. Okay. Good to know, because I think I would have been, I would have being honest, I would have been quick to remove the matrix. Um, that was one that definitely was in my, it was in my scope, uh, yep. to take out. So that's good to know because I think that, there's also a degree of comfort that comes with doing this process of if you're getting left to right motion, that's manipulate like that is shot shaping that you have. I'm trying to remember what John called it when he was on the episode shot crafting or yeah. something like that. Shot crafting. Uh, hmm. So um, I want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're utilizing the words of our guests. Uh, so, okay. That's, that's fascinating. I, I actually feel like your mid ranges are very cut and dry. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, I actually, Brad and I kind of talked a little bit before. Um, I think this might be a slot that we might be removing some stuff to even add in an option uh, that's going to help us mm-hmm. have some, yeah, yeah, some availability. I see it now, and then in true in, in the bag fashion. I didn't see this bag until right before the podcast, but he kind of filled me in, and I see it, Robbie. I see what you're throwing down. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your envies, throw in the spin and then <coughs> let's start, uh, let's start the, the hard part of this. Yeah. So, um, start with my putting putter, which is the electron. Um, usually what happens is this one will get beat up enough that it goes to where that red envy is. Makes sense. Um, okay. It, mm-hmm. it moves to my straight shot MV that's electron that, the Holy grail shot. You, everybody knows it. Um, it's, it's just beat to crap and it does what I need it to do. Um, before that it was a blue and yellow one inverted of what James Conrad had, but that thing was, it could, it could fold in half if I wanted it to. Um, it was so beat up. Um, and then my putting putter was getting to the point where it needed to be retired. So I put it in that slot instead. So I go from putting putter to my, um, straight shooting, uh, throwing putter is how that works. Okay. Um, so I, I, it's comfortable in the hand still cause I know yeah. that putter, but then I just give it a little more power and it can just go straight for me. Um, the spin, uh, is my kind of hyzer flip putter, um, tailwind, um, turnover shot <laughs> kind of deal. Mm. Um, and then, um, the last one is my, uh, eclipse envy, which is just that flat to fade out. Um, and if I'm being honest, it has a lot of the same characteristics as my reactor. That's an eclipse, just a little bit slower. Okay. Makes sense. So my question would be with your, your cycled putting envy. So the red one right now, yep. um, 
Does it flip if you throw it on hyzer? Um, no, it, it flips to flat and then stays. Once it starts turning over is when I kind of shift my putter out and get a new putter. And then I grab, I move that to, uh, my throwing putter. So I want it okay. to, I don't want it to turn over. I want okay. it to just flip to flat and just go. Okay. So that's what you want that one for. And then the spin is just a more extreme version of that. It's going to flip a lot easier. And then if you hit it, put too much on it, you even kind of want that turnover to happen right. on the spin. Yep. Okay. Or uphill, uphill shot. Um, I tend to use it more for uphill shots, um, where I'd be throwing a putter, um, just because it's, it going uphill, it tends to be more stable, um, yeah. for me. Um, and then it's really one of those discs that I've thrown in my bag just to try too. It hasn't yeah. been in there long. Um, it was one that needed a, <laughs> needed a spot in my bag. So yeah, I tried uh, it out. My final question would be the spins in neutron plastic, as opposed to the baseline electron envies. Um, do you like having that premium plastic feel for that slot or don't really in the summer? I do. Um, okay. not, not so much right now. Um, yeah. it definitely that, yeah. does not have that good hand feel right now. Totally. A little slippery when wet. Uh, yep. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So I've got, I've got several thoughts here, Brad, if you were to say, okay, we got 20, we got 20 discs. Are there three that you have in your sites right now that you're like, I think we could cut these. Yes. Okay. What three do you have in your eyes? Um, red wave. Okay. Red and blue servo for sure. And I'll even say a fourth orange reactor. Okay. The, I think the reactor is the, it's tricky. It's a green one, like but yeah. swapped, but yeah, uh, yeah, they're right there on top of each other on the chart, oh, but yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I got you. Oh, you're good. Basically keep the matrix. That's it, it's same flight. We and like get the shot. The okay. Yeah. You said red and blue servo. You're talking about the two servos in Which the middle. This one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Cause it sounds like they get skipped over anyway. And you're you, the shots that those would typically fill. You have other discs that you're leaning toward anyway. So like, that's pretty painless sure. to take okay. out. I'm going to push back on the red wave because I like, I like the red wave. Uh, okay. I can see where you're going I, I want to, the waves, the way I, I want to get to the waves last okay. because I think where we land in the mid or the fairway driver category to me determines which wave we keep. Uh, okay. Fair. Kind of a deal. Um, but I agree. I think that green reactor, definitely a goner. Red servo, definitely a goner. Um, and I think I'm even down with the blue middle servo being a goner as well. Um, I think I would even be willing to put the... I'd be willing to put both reactors on the chopping block. Well, yeah, not to Just because into, of what yeah. we're going yeah. to add. And the um, spin. And the spin. Yeah, so here's my thing on the spin. And Patrick, you can tell me if I'm crazy. I usually am. Uh, so you have this natural cycling setup going on. And you're one of the few people that we've had on the podcast in 48 episodes that has that natural of a cycling look built in, in even the putting putter slot. So you've got your putting putter that you're using on a regular basis and it's getting beat up. And then you know it's getting beat up. So you move it to a different slot in your back where you're still throwing it, which is going to make it technically beat up slower but faster at the same time because it's going to hit stuff a lot harder i hit trees real hard <laughs> so yeah it yeah. gets beats up pretty quick yeah so i kind of like my curiosity here is you mentioned when that envy starts turning over a little bit that's when you're like hey i gotta swap it out but i wonder instead of having a spin in your bag if you already like that hand feel of the envy and so there's the comfortability there. Like I think about, let's say if we look at it right now, um, you have that reverse holy shot envy that was turning mm -hmm. over. What if it lived where the spin is, the red envy is where it is right now, and then you have your putting putter envy. You, in theory, all of your putters could be envies very fast, and you wouldn't even have to worry about the griffin disc problem 
because you're literally you're constantly working to make a new Griffin disc. Sure. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that makes sense because we're still losing that green and V basically, right? Because you're just going to... Because I mean, ideally, if you're doing this as a travel bag and you're doing to 10 discs, you might have to throw your putting putter also, but that also kind of works for your mentality of cycling them down the understability line. Am I correct, Robbie? Or are you saying still keep the green and V? I, I still have the... In my mind that is the most likely envy to like, if we get pinched for room at the top, but I like having just four envies in the back. Uh, because then I think if you were to leave one out, you could just leave out the really beat in envy knowing that like this red one's on its way towards that. So I can just throw it on some Anheuser and let it do its job. Uh, kind of a deal. Because if you think about it, you're an envy guy. Think about, or I guess you currently don't have envies. You have the uh, proxies in your bag, Brad. But like I ha- that, I have an Eclipse envy. I have a beaten medium uh, cosmic electron envy. That's like your red one. It's very just straight. And I have an Eclipse proxy. So I okay. have those three. So you know the the gap between that straight one to your Eclipse envy is it's a pretty sizable gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it takes a minute. I think that there's. You said that it flies really similar to that green reactor, not to your matrix. Is that right, Correct. Patrick? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the matrix matrix has a little bit more motion for me. Um, okay. Where the NV and the reactor just stay on the angle I put them on, and then they fade out. Where the reactor has a little bit of turn on it, or I'm sorry, the matrix has a little bit of turn on it, and then fades out. Um, and being so, that. I can hyzer flip it just a little bit, little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it gives me those options, I think, a little bit better. Um, so, Robbie, what I'm going to do live here is I'm going <coughs> to actually just delete some of these out of the chart so I can visually see what we're getting rid of here. So which which servos did we agree that we're getting rid of? Well, are you just going to hide them? Yeah, I'll just hide them. Yeah, I was like, let's not delete anything because then <laughs> Silas is going to have a disaster trying to... Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm also running a like oh you got one okay chart down here just to have it all written down because mm-hmm. um, I'm the same way uh, I would say that we're trying to hide the purple servo we're trying to hide the red servo um because I don't think this will yeah um okay so if I'm looking at that I also you talk about the pyro has a lot of comfortability to it. Mm-hmm. So I think the pyro definitely has to stay. Agreed. If I'm playing a two disc round, it's the pyro and my putter. Putting putter. Yeah. 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 So I think the pyro definitely is sticking around. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say for brevity, we toss the other, we toss both reactors. So we've got pyro matrix and there's a disc. Patrick, you said you've listened to our episodes before. There's a disc that is, there's this now chasm that you're seeing on the left side. Um, And we've talked about it at least once on our podcast. It's an MVP disc. Do you have any guesses into what disc we might be recommending? Guessing the uplink. It's either the uplink or the paradox. And actually right now, it's not on the list, but I I threw the paradox in my bag just to try out and I did not like it. It was too flippy for me. Okay. um, Yep. Agreed. Good man. Okay. So with that being said, that's where I think I love the idea of the uplink in your bag. Yeah, it definitely gives that, like you said, there's a chasm on that side. It gives you some, a little more distance if you want to do more like left to right backhand shot. And then it kind of like makes the necessity for those reactors like not existent. Cause then you have like a, understable disc that you can craft the line we'll use craft there you have your matrix that's like pretty neutral to has a little finish to it that you're very comfortable with and then your pyro that's very overstable that's like really your go-to approach disc okay so if we put the uplink in we are we are at seven discs in our bag before we get to fairway drivers now this is why I preface this at the beginning. 
because you have a, a faster R speed, Patrick, I think I'm okay with having less slower speed options. And so I think that's where I would kind of lean on your preference. Do you think that you use the Eclipse Envy more or would you use that really beat up Envy more? Um, I'd probably use, because the Pyro is so comfortable in my hand and I use it so much, yeah. that Eclipse Envy would probably be the first to go over my beat up one. Okay. Um, yeah. Because if I'm throwing um, a left to right shot forehand, I know that uh, Pyro is going to go right for me when I need it to. Um, mm. I, I feel like I have that angle control on that upshot where I can get that under 200 feet where I need it to be with that pyro. Um, okay. I, I got full respect for that. And yep. I think that makes a lot of sense. So that means that when we go into fairways and distance drivers, we got four slots. So we're not trying to go too crazy one end or the other. Um, I think one thing we got to be careful of is with the addition of the uplink with the addition of the uplink. And this is something that you'll have to like, you'll have to play around with because there's a world that the addition of the uplink could eliminate the beat in envy or it could eliminate a rhythm mm -hmm. because you can just put a little more stank on it and it'll go like they just glide forever. Um, are you seeing that problem with me, Brad? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to offer an alternative view. Fire away. Just because I think one of the beauties of the uplink, uplink, but also downfall, like an uplink, you do not have to throw hard at all to get it to do the motion that you want it to do. Yeah. It, you throw it more. To me, I throw it more like a putter, less like a mid. I'll get mid distance out of it, but I have to throw it with the power almost of a putter. I think you run some... Uh, we talked about margin of error earlier. The more you feel like you have to reach out and touch something with the uplink, I think the more error you're going to have because of how f mm. it's not super flippy, but it's flippy enough that if you hit it a little too hard, it is going to turn over in an unfortunate way for you. I, I kind of have a vision of the rhythm staying in and the insanity is going away. I could see that, especially if the insanities are currently course dependent for you, Patrick. It yeah. sounds like there's not a ton of confidence that like I have to have these all the time. It's just these very specific shots mm -hmm. that could be learned with other discs. With the like even the rhythm or the uplink, maybe you don't hear I I forget who I just heard say this and Robbie you said it kind of the same way in this episode, but you know, I was talking to Jason in the warehouse. This is what it was. You know, instead of saying, "Okay, the insanity is a specific disc for the specific hole. If I hit it perfectly right, I can get a birdie look. That And that happens 20% of the time. Again, I'm painting a scenario, Patrick, so I don't know if this is the truth or not. What I'd rather do is know I'm comfortable with the uplink, put it in a great position that I know is favorable for me, for my pyro that I'm extremely comfortable with, and doing a great approach shot and having a tap-in par. I think that's also very attackable versus like, hey, with the right disc and the right conditions with the very right hit that I get on it, I can get a birdie look. Do you think that's fair, Robbie? So maybe like an uplink or a rhythm is yeah. now the shot for that hole. And then now you have a very comfortable approach and an easy par. Yeah. And I think Patrick even said the rhythm is one of the newer discs in the bag, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably been in there. Um, I would say a month and a half. Yeah. So I bet that there's a world of the rhythms never gotten a chance to step up and be like, I got this coach. Mm -hmm. I'm, I got this shot in the back uh, because it's I, when you got to that course, you said, oh, I, the insanity does this. So I just throw the insanity, which makes sense. Why? Why would you not? Right. Um, so I definitely see that. So in your mind, are you also seeing this battle between the servo and the Tesla? I don't even think it's a battle. I think the Tesla is that that slot now. So I'm kind of seeing like a diagonal being made. So rhythm is more of your understable fairway option that I think will give you a variety of shots. The Tesla, you said you liked for woods golf. That's what I heard you say. It's like your yep. flip up, go straight. Sounds like you're, you spoke with confidence in that disc. And I think it's important 
especially when playing in the woods. So I think Tesla's there. Servo, all servos are gone in my book. Yeah. How does that? How does that make you feel? Having three that servos a in bit, the bag but, uh, and then suddenly like <laughs> they're all gone. Yeah, yeah it's it's funny because like I trust the disc, but I I don't throw it as often as I say I trust it. Um, exactly. It, yeah. It's just one of those ones that's like, oh, this is a servo shot, and it's this servo. Yeah. Um, See, that's that's where when we initially were chatting, it was to me it was. <clears throat> blue servo red wave hmm. but yeah. i think that if we went you talked about you for you do forehand the tesla did i remember i you do that? yep i i think i okay. think if we're going that route though i need to get a little bit heavier of a tesla um okay. it is yeah. 160 so okay. um yeah. and it does have so that tendency in. on forehand to want to flip over um but if I if I got up to maybe 165 in that vision, I think I think I would be more comfortable with it forehand as well. Yeah, and I hear me when I say this, Patrick. We've all been through that journey of oh, that disc is my bomb. Like I love that thing; it's so good, it does everything I want. And then it's just like every time you throw it, it's bad, or every time you throw it, you're like, oh, that didn't go as planned. That's why I don't have eagles in my bag. I have a whole boatload of them downstairs but they're not in the back because as much as I wanted to love it and embrace my inner Vinny, just couldn't get it done. Same for the MD one for me. Rip so, mind bender. Um, okay. So that brings us to, we've got the Tesla, we've got the rhythm. So we got two slots left here for the waves and the octane and the photon. So I think it's, we're, we're definitely keeping a wave. It's just a matter of, is it, to me, it would be that middle ground wave. Then it would be that 165, not the super flippy wave, mm -hmm. but that middle ground one, get rid of the red one. And then really preference on whether you needed the octane or the photon. What do you think, Brad? My, my mind was always rhythm, Tesla photon, and then either the red or blue wave. I yeah. think, I think octane I think you have an attachment to that octane, but if we're minimalizing the one of those waves can do and even the photon can do the same work as that octane, I think, for you. Yeah, I think I think for the forehand the photon kinda takes that spot and then the backhand right. headwind, the red or blue could work in that. Um when I travel for work, I go to the south, so it'll be a little bit warmer. Mm -hmm. Um so I nice. think I'm leaning towards the red one just because I think it'll be a little bit more flippy in the warm weather and yeah. kind of move it left where right now in the cold, it's not in that left slot. Yeah. And it's, it's just naturally fission plastic is not as flippy as neutron anyways. So right. like that, that makes sense. It's newer. Um, and when we originally talked about the minimalized bag, we said that especially in our faster discs, we wanted something in the more neutral to overstable category because it makes it easier to work in our fairways. We wanted to be in the flippier side distance drivers. We wanted to be neutral to over. Um, so I looking at this, if my math is right, let me see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. We got 10 discs. So that means we're talking a, we got your red wave and your photon at the top, then down to a Tesla and a rhythm. For mids, okay. we've got an uplink, a matrix, and the pyro. And then in the bottom, we have your beat beat envy or the spin, really up to you, but I would prefer the beat beat envy for just to try it out, humorous. Uh, sure. And then the red envy and then your putter envy. How's that yeah. feel? Um, the only thing I have, and this is this is purely purely aesthetics, is I have such a nice stamp on that uh, the flippy wave. So that's going to hurt to go to a stock stamp. Uh, but I think I'll have to maybe either invest in something a little bit nicer for the stamp because um, I think that's my only stock stamp that you have on my list right now, other than those MVs. Um, so that's just purely aesthetics on my part. I like those pretty stamps versus stock. Well, hey, I, I'm going to go ahead and make a bold claim here. Uh, there is someone out there listening to this show who dies discs. 
and that could be my guy Silas. Like there's there's a host of people. Uh, it's a beautiful opportunity. The neutron wave de- takes die really really well. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you need us to get you in touch with someone to get that <laughs> red one dyed, we uh, we know some guys. So that's true. Be happy to, because I'm with you. I, I'm down to get rid of a stock stamp to uh, make it look real cool. Yeah, I appreciate awesome. it. Well, yeah, that, that'll be interesting to try out versus taking on a plane and going to different climates too. Um, there might yeah. be some movement in that, but um, I think I think I can make. I don't see any courses around me where I'd have a problem with that bag. Yeah, good. Well. Patrick, I especially, I want to see, yeah, we're, we're going to put that up link in the <laughs> mail got, for you. I got a Gyropalooza um, uh, one already, so uh, that'll be in there. Okay. okay. So awesome. um, then we will, uh, here's my thought. It's cold weather right now. You talked about the summer, what that's going to do, warm <laughs> weather is going to do. You're going to travel a little bit. So let's say from the doctor's prescription, we're going to have you back on. And if we said three months, that would be June-ish. And that way, that gives you plenty of time to kind of mess around with this bag, play in some different climates, play in some different weather. And would you be willing to come back on in that time and let us know, hey, this worked or hey, I've really struggled. Yeah, I could do that. Uh, see where the where the bag takes me in that time. Um the discs might have a different color, but, but they might be the same disc uh, just by name and feel. Um, but yeah, definitely could uh, make that work. I love it. Awesome. Well, so Patrick, good. thank you for willing, being willing to come on and be our guinea pig for this. Uh, I, you know, like I said, we're always trying to improve the podcast and trying to improve the advice we give. So thank you so much for uh, letting this be that chance. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what this bag can do. Absolutely. Same, brother. All right. Yeah. We'll see you in a future episode then. Yeah. Sounds you. good. That that was fun. Like a little like bit that. of a head scratcher to get things going for the day. And I like that we didn't automatically align on where we wanted to take that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it wasn't one person folding. To, yeah. Like I, I like that we genuinely kind of worked through it together. Yeah. I think, it, like I said, I think it, it was a blast and it just really... I know it's a little bit of a challenge at work, you know, get our brains working a different way other than, you know, prescribing. You use that word like a, a disc per se. We're really just kind of, we're like a, a fitness coach. We're like trying to shed the pounds of the bag. So all of you listening, would you like, do we want to make this a series? We do every couple episodes where we do like a, let's, you know, let's break down the bag and shed the excess weight to the bag. If that's something you trip. want to hear, yeah, there you go. If you want to yeah, let, let us know in the comments below if that's something that you want to see on a regular basis. I, I mean, I had a blast, so I'd love to do it again. Absolutely. And it, to let listeners know, we have uh, we've been talking about it for a few episodes, but the link is officially live and ready to go. So we have a new in intake request form. Uh, so we we changed up some of the questions that we've asked in the past. Uh, two of the biggest adjustments we've made is we film at a different time during the week. So there's different availability we're looking for, for people. Mm -hmm. And then the second, um, I'll say three, three ones. Uh, the second is that we're asking you when you submit your bag to go to mydispad.com, go ahead and put everything in and then share the link with us. Uh, just makes it easier for us to visualize and sort of work through the submissions and all that. And then the third is we've added a new question kind of asking what's the greatest weakness or what area of your bag are you least comfortable with? Mm -hmm. Because there are some times that we step up and we're like, Hey, here's the spot that we identify. And you're like, Hey, I've actually tried pretty much every disc in that category already. And so that way, in order to keep a great episode and actually help you as a listener, we want to know, Oh man, I'm just kind of really confused in my, my throwing mids right now, or I'm really confused in my overstable fairways stuff like that that way we can kind of hone in that area so whereas we may not see it as a major weakness in your bag you know it's a weakness in your bag so feel free that new link is going to be in the description of all of our podcasts so make sure you head there check it out we want to make sure we're getting as many awesome guests as possible so uh but the one way that we make all of that possible is through the support of foundationdisc.com and an amazing thing that they're doing is they're putting new discs in the mail every month through subscription boxes yeah, so we're wrapping up. By the time you hear this episode, it's April. Is it April first? No, 
31st. It'll be, yeah, March 30th, 31st, something like that. Yeah, today's the 30th on Thursday. But yeah, so you still have time to hit our monthly subscription box and not to like hype it up too much, but all the feedback we've had so far for this month's box, it was a special one. Everyone's like really pumped about it. And I will say Hunter and I have been planning some very special stuff for the next two months. So now's a good time to jump on the train. It, again, it's a, a three disc, three premium discs. We usually throw a swag item in there or two. And uh, wh- the best part is it's not just three random discs. We have a theme or a reason why we're putting the discs in there together. Uh, we provide like an explanation of all that in the card. And, you know, you, you sign up and, hey, every once in a while, every month, you'll get a, a box shipped to your house and it'll have some new discs for you to try out. So make sure you check that out. Um, it'll be in the link or the description below as well. It's called our three disc. Uh, subscription box so make sure you check that out it's absolutely amazing and i can 100 percent promise you guys from as the as the newest member of foundation but the guy not packing it in hear this i'm not trying to throw other people under the bus but i am so many subscription boxes and things that are out there mystery boxes get the reputation oh man these people are just clear in the warehouse they couldn't sell these discs and so therefore they're just gonna say look at the bundle that is absolutely not the vibe that is coming in a foundation mystery box. And I think the best part about it is the fact that because it changes each month and there's a theme each month, there is so much intentionality behind what goes into your box. So mm-hmm. signing up for this is a fantastic way to try discs and a fantastic way to know that like, Hey, I'm getting discs that are quality. And like, if they don't fit me, I guarantee you someone in your local community will be willing to trade for them because you're always getting great premium plastic discs. So, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, this month specifically, you know, this wasn't just random stuff we had lying around the warehouse. We ordered all these specifically for this collabed with some people, I'll say, for this box. And it's a great one. I'm I'm loving it and people are loving it, too. So make sure you check that out uh, on our site and in the descri- description below. It has a link as well. Absolutely. So not only did y'all get those discs in for the mystery boxes, Brad, what else is new in the warehouse? All right. We've got several random things hitting the warehouse this week. Um, Come on. Something, I have to say this, and I I think the world knows I'm not the biggest Prodigy fan per se. Not just because I don't, I haven't found a plastic or a disc that really fits into my bag. It's not anything personal. It's just the fact of that. But let me tell you, they we have their tour series discs. They're dropping today when we're filming this. I'm sure there'll be a few left probably on Friday. But they're these are beautiful. I mean, the stamps that they did, they went with like a, a playing card theme. So like uh, Kevin Jones, I believe he's the king it, or the king symbol. And it's like a bulldog. And uh, Gannon is a pigeon, which is kind of funny. I don't know why that is. Um, Alden holding it down. Oh, yeah. Elephant gang, right? So... Yeah, there's like polar bears and bears, and there's, I mean, everyone's represented. Uh, Kale's a moose, which is kind of funny. Uh, Luke Humphreys is a joker that has, of course, the goodest boy, um, his dog on there as well. So uh, make sure you check those out. They're beautiful discs and definitely worth picking up. I think if I didn't have, if I wasn't working on cycling putters right now, I'd, I put the PA3, the, the, the Gannon PA3 in my bag right now, but. You know, it's not good. We're not going to put it in there right now. It might be good later for me. We have also um, foundation stamp buzzes and zones left. Make sure you pick those up. Um, the, I would I would shout out the Rainmakers that dropped this week, but they're already gone, Robbie. They sold out like immediately. Um, also, Robbie, you've you felt this. You you know the hype. The slammers, the lucid slammers, are dropping today. So and good. They feel so great. They feel immaculate. So yeah. I don't know if there'll be any left. Make sure you check those out as well. Um, and finally, last but not least, Bogey Bro Coffee. We have our own coffee blend. Bang. If, you, if you're a coffee person, this is a coffee that is, you know, I'm not like a coffee guy per se. Definitely not a craft coffee guy. But this smells incredible. It's easy to, It's easy to get into like the craft coffee game. It's sustainably sourced. It's like all the good stuff and it smells like in our office a lot and it just smells great over here all the time. So if you're into coffee, make sure you give that a try. Third Wave collabed with us and we have our own coffee. So that will be live on the site this Friday as well. I love it. Well, guys, 
so much goodness. I'm telling you, those premium plastic slammers just make me more and more jealous in a world that my beloved pigs are still not in premium plastic. Innova, mm-hmm. if you're listening, two words, Halo pigs. Come on. We need yeah. them. So, I uh, agree. But, I mean, I'm telling you, a lot of people are going to feel all that plastic Brad talked about and you'll be like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. Yep. Well, hey, go to foundationdisc.com and we'll ship it to you and keep it in the bag. We'll see you next week. See you all next week.